Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday. I'm super excited to be talking to Isabel. She is a sexuality, women's empowerment, and embodiment coach, and she supports women to experience epic pleasure confidence. I love that. <laughs> Go ahead and do a brag intro. Tell us all about you. Hmm. Oh, yes, I'm Isabel, and mm, if I need to brag about something in my life in this moment, it's really being here in this time, who I am, all the journey that has taken me to come here, because without the challenges, without the depth, without uncertainties, the unworthiness, the, you know, all the downside, the grief, I wouldn't be fully embodied in who I am. So I really celebrate all of my journey because there's nothing to put aside. It's not just like the light, the pleasure, the sexuality, but it's all of it. And that it's what makes us, all of us, every single one of us, so juicy. It's the fullness of life. So I celebrate that. I love that. That's such a good perspective because when we're in the throes of it, sometimes it's easy to forget. That that's when we're learning and growing and becoming juicy as you say. <laughs> so I love that you're accepting all the parts. So tell us a little bit about your story. Like what what are some of those things that, that you overcame to kind of get where you are today? I will say that's a big part, so the biggest part of my story, because I've been in the healing world for over 10 years. So, you know. And studying and doing courses and facilitating all of it. But then I had my big, big crash down, which happened when my brother took his life. That was about six years ago. And we had a really great relationship to me and him. And the night before we spoke, and I remember he was going through a really hard patch. I remember in the conversation, we promised each other that we're going to do it together. And at the time, I couldn't quite get it because the day after he was gone. So I was like, how are we doing this together? You know, what it's there. And realized that there were so many things that I was not looking at in my life. I was not living in fullness. And first of all, I was doing my own healing, my own childhood healing, my healing about him, diving deep into the grief work and the healing of grief. And that journey took me into the path of somatic therapy and tantra. Mm. Um, I feel like in there, into the depths uh, and through like uh, my sexual awakening, because also in my sexuality, I was having these amazing juicy lovers, but something was missing. I knew that there was a way more potential that I was not experiencing. And it has been a full sexual awakening to begin with. And I was like, wow. Can I really experience life to this fullness? Can I really get there? So that has been powerful because it took me into like lots of more healing and studies and all of it. And another big piece, which comes from my childhood, it's a massive piece around unworthiness. That has been a big thing that I had to overcome this because I always felt I didn't belong to the women that maybe have a corporate background or they have a family that have the education and mentoring around the money or success. I always felt that something was missing in me. 
I was like, mm, there's something in there that it's not clicking. It's hard for me this lifetime. It's a really big wounding to come, you know, to break through. So a big part of the healing has been that piece. And knowing that if I've done it, you can all do it because it's been hard for me. And trust me, like uh, I always am a person that so I was used to look at the evidences of why it was not working all the times so all over again. And just coming to a place of actually that story, it's really changing. Like everything that it's presenting in my life, moving from that survival to thriving, like it's really opening up my own body, my own feminine body to receive in ways that I haven't been able before to, to breathe in because of all these conditionings and beliefs and blocks. So that's been big piece as well. For sharing that with us so vulnerably, there's a couple of things in there that I really relate to. I've I've had member family members close to me struggle with chronic suicidality, and that is really really tough. And so I just honor you and your brother for going through that. I've worked with a lot of people over the years, like in a fight for their life, and you know it's a hard thing to go through on on all sides of it. And then the piece around worthiness, I really relate to, and having worked with a lot of healers myself, I feel like that's Sometimes like an empath healer thing. We have in human design, you might call it like the open worthiness, open heart center. I've got one of those. And so I know the quest for where the final thing that I really wanted to respond to is, well, really, we're just getting the conversation going. But I know when I first got into the coaching space in particular, all these women were talking about having a sexual awakening. And so people are listening and they're kind of like, huh, sexual awakening, like, Several coaches have mentioned that here on the podcast. Like, how can I get one of those? Like, where would you tell them to start? (laughs) I will say that the first piece for me, like where I will invite a client or somebody to start with it. So first of all, letting go of an expectation. Mm -hmm. That's like something, right? (laughs) Absolutely. But then knowing that as humans, we have an infinite potential. So even in my own sexual awakening, where I'm at uh, in my life right now as a woman, I know that there's a thousand more to experience. So it's like just being open and still really curious because that curiosity can take you to the right uh, coaches, to the right books, to the right podcasts, to the right uh, tools that you need to embrace just for you to know that that it's a possibility and letting go of an expectation because it might happen in the most unexpected there's not a book for that to happen it's your own curiosity your own presence and your own healing that will guide you through that piece I love that and you know for me I've done a lot of mindfulness work and led groups and whatnot on it and for me, my my ears always like ring when I hear curious because that is like the ultimate kind of state of mindfulness. And I think it's so tied into sensuality. And that's like a big part of your focus is tantra and mindfulness, and neuroscience. So tell us a little bit about, you know, we have so many distractions and busyness and whatnot. I noticed beautifully wrapped into your body and took a nice deep breath before you answered. Can you give us some tips on dropping in? Yeah, it's interesting because I find the dropping into the body 
strongly linked with the piece of worthiness because mm. when we feel that we are worthy of taking up space, we slow down and we take the space that it's needed not out of the mind, not out of the I should do this, I should be this, but actually coming back into the deep embodied feminine which knows and trusts her instinct and her power and it really moves through life in a dance, not in that push and pull. And yes, that piece of slowing down, it's something that I've also worked a lot in my life. Like it's, it's massive and also it's strongly connected to, um, I find to pieces of burnout or self-doubt. How can we allow the space to really feel what it's present? And sometimes it comes to that deep somatic therapy work of feeling what it's really there, having the awareness of like maybe what our inner child needs where they're not meant in the past or what our inner critic has to do and give it space. Because if we try to shut it down, it creates such a sense of anxiety and overwhelm and we never have this, this space to really do that growth, to really trust and come to the peace of worthiness and intuition and expand in that thriving mode. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think slowing down can be a challenge, but that's really where, you know, the seduction, where the sensuality, like where, where life really happens. It's when we get you know, out of out of our head, right? Like you said, and into our hearts and into our bodies. So that's really, it reminds me of, I worked at a holistic treatment center and we talked about how, like when we feel a sense of urgency, we're actually like in crisis. And so I think about that a lot because a lot of us are living with a sense of urgency and rushing around and you know, that's not good for our adrenals. It's like kind of like revving the engine and not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, do you, how do you work with women around those kind of things? Differently. You know, there's lots of embodiment work. And also, as you were asking before about maybe more practical tips of the slowing down, one of the easiest ways for me to slow down and come back to that is in ourselves, because ultimately it's the presence. It's really connecting to our senses. So connected to the five senses and it comes back to not what you eat, but the way you eat it. Can you fully be present with the taste? And slowing down and allow it to come through all of your mouth and just take it in. That it's deep sensuality, the way we eat. So the way we touch ourselves, we can be so like, okay, I'm touching myself. But we can really go in and really feel like the texture of the skin, feeling like if it's softer, if it's more of a hard touch. Really slowing down into our everyday life and through breaths, just coming into that awareness. and. Even from listening to these, you can see for the people that are listening today, see it for the rest of their day. If you really slow down when you eat or when you maybe touch yourself or when you smell some beautiful fragrance, see if that taking just a minute to do that longer, how that expands more like your sensuality and how it helps to receive more. Yeah, I like to think of it almost like, like how I would imagine an animal would just not be 
I can't see you. It looks like it's frozen. Mm. Again, I'm going to try to connect with you via the Facebook messenger because you're frozen on my screen. I don't know how I am in yours. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, welcome Hi. back. Are <laughs> just putting us on our mindful pause and how we handle <laughs> a brief interruption in our service here? Share some more of your your story and your work with us. Mm, beautiful, yes. So, yeah, other ways to work with clients. Yes, of course, we use lots of deep somatic therapeutic approach and lots of tantric practices and tools. embodiment work, breath work, mindset work. It's really, it's not something that it's quite planned. It's really for me important to create lots of safety in the person that I'm working with because sometimes I work with clients that have a big history of sexual abuse so the nervous system struggles to feel safety and other times I work with clients that are way more open so we go straight into you know, orgasmic extension practices so it's really different but I feel what is really important for me with my work it's to support clients to rewire their nervous system and to feel safe and empowered into stepping into the life in a way they really want to show up so having that worthiness of experiencing pleasure in all areas of the life in their intimacy in their work in their uh, relationships with family friends in the lifestyle really coming in that full potential and aliveness yeah so it's not just like in the bedroom, it affects every kind of realm in life because people can drop in deeper and feel more and have higher capacity for pleasure. Yes. Yes. My cat scratching the thing out here. <laughs> they love to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh -huh. So when these women have, you know, these orgasmic breakthroughs and and kind of really, I would imagine, just can open their heart and their spirit, like how does their lives start to shift? because of that. Mm. Yeah, it's it's also, it's there really, it varies, but I feel like from the women I've worked with and my personal experience, it's that when you really open up yourself to that level, it's, you know, the more open we are, the more we can receive. And there where it comes that thick energy that I work a lot with, like when we really open up, there's that magnetism to receive instead of you know when we need something like we need for example like to find a soulmate because we're not fooling ourselves so we need money to pay the bills for survival when we are in that energy of needing it's actually you no know, if you have something that some imagine having somebody that counts to you that needs something to you most likely you want to pull back and be like wait this is too much but when we really come into that place of worthiness and deservingness, so then the more we open, the more there's the attraction because the energy of money, which I find it a beautiful lover, masculine energy, 
or the energy of sexuality and love really wants to meet us like it's it creates a strong deep magnet so that it's more a dance it's not i need something it's a dance because we fulfill ourselves and that's a big part of how i work with my clients it's like supporting them to feel already empowered in their sexuality in their life decision in their intuition also in their business and wonders that fullness then these things come to us because we already are a magnet of it yeah uh, and we have to kind of really slow down to receive right and so i think for me in my journey with receiving i feel like i was stereotypically like hyper feminine but because i was so like service oriented i actually was in my masculine always like doing or giving and it's been so refreshing for me to slow down and receive more and i think that that's something where women don't recognize that they're maybe overly masculine by being busy all the time or by just wanting to give all the time versus you know slowing down and letting it all in <laughs> yeah i'm just saying to let you like i feel a strongly resonate with you because when i first started to run my business i was like i could be feminine in all areas of my life but in work i needed to do 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 and i was just like a you know, like I didn't have space to break and I was in that, I need to get clients, I need to this, I need to that. And it was, first of all, not creating the spaciousness for the flow. And also I was not in that deep trust and intuition. I was very disconnected to that. And when I allowed to slow down also my business and in my pleasure and in anything that I was doing around it, it's interesting enough, the more fun I was having, like the more clients uh, come like the more like a surrender to that side of myself because it's not just surrendering as a passive surrendering because often you know the feminine can be seen like as passive you know that as you surrender too much that there's not life force anymore but when we surrender in our eroticism in our life force then it's completely different I like that distinction. One thing that stood out to me that I talk with clients a lot about is the difference between I choose and I need, you know, and I need is like whether it's I need clients or money or a partner or whatever the thing is, you know, like that's kind of the energy of addiction. Like you can't do without it versus, you know, I think like deeply trusting and surrendering, which you know, it can be challenging for us all, but it's kind of like worth, you know, worth having it happen because then that's when the magic comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally agree. What do you think would happen if like all the women on the planet, you know, wake up to their like worthiness? to their ability to receive have their like sexual awakenings what kind of world do you think we would be in <laughs> oh my god juicy <laughs> right it's like being in peace <laughs> i find it would be really juicy and also really raw and authentic because you know if all women are open at the end we are like the earth we still have the thunderstorm we still have the chaos and being okay and being like not having that inner critic that's when we are slower when we're going through like maybe a patch when there's you know some illness or whatever we're going through like not having that like i need to be on the top of the world sort of attitude but actually 
being fully surrounded by a community, a society that deeply understands that, so that supports that, that it's there in full presence for it. So it could, it should be, like, I think it would be so, so healing and powerful. And uh, the potential, I feel like we will become, uh, you know, when we say, they say that we use just a really tiny percentage of our brain, I think we will come so deeply connected to our intuition that it will be just like another world. And slowly, lots of people are already awakening to it, but I feel like more and more it's happening. Yeah. And that's so exciting to think about a world where we can all be awakened. And I think for me, what it brings up is... <laughs> Get some frisky kitties over here. It it makes me think of how does it make me think of? That's a good question. Yeah, totally distracted me. Leave it on the kitty. What was I saying? I think it's really powerful to okay, it came back to me finally. <laughs> so when I you know, my background is as a psychologist, and so there's so many there's a lot of fear mongering I think in the training that goes into it and there's so many rules and there's a stereotypical kind of like you know analytic don't share any of who you are and it's been really powerful for me like being a part of the pleasure communities and being around so many awesome healers and sex and relationship coaches it's been so powerful for me to like start to show up as all of me, you know, to like work from bed, to share like, you know, the brags, but then also like the secrets and everything in between and really show up as a full person. And I was having a session with my coach today and she was like, and bring in more, like people wouldn't see the messy side of you even more, like even more, even more. And that vulnerability piece, I think is so powerful, but I think you need like those, the ability to slow down, to drop in, to that kind of like mindfulness, non-judgment piece to be able to, you know, tolerate and go deep into that vulnerability to really like share who you are. But it's always amazing to me, like when people share their story, it's so like powerful and raw and vulnerable. But sometimes when it's us who are sharing our story, it feels so like scary. Are we going to be rejected, you know, for who we really are? So I just love being, it's been so personally healing for me to be part of this community where, you know, all parts are honored and cherished and sacred because then there's like full transparency. And I feel like you kind of have to have that to really be like seen and heard and understood. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so were you always this way? Did you have that deep like connection to intuition and sensuality or is, you know, part of your journey? That's hmm. a good question because I feel on some ways I've always felt quite sensually open, but I'm a woman and I am not always on top with it. But because it's been a big part of my blueprint, I feel like it's really painful for me. And because I've witnessed women in my family, when they disconnect from the pleasure, when they disconnect from the core essence, I've seen them like dying on the inside. And that has been so painful for me because 
I've always been like, I don't want to get there myself. So the times that have been deeply disconnected have been like the times that I learned how to connect to it. And, you know, pleasure goes through cycles as well. You know, we feel sometimes like we are on top of it and it's amazing. And then other times, like we actually disconnect. So it's really like finding, first of all, not judging when that it's not there. But also there's a fine line of when that becomes a habit and when we need to bring it back on into ourselves. And uh, as I was saying to, before with also the five senses, sometimes I might not be in the mood of having sex but uh, or like self-pleasure, but I can still connect to pleasure in different ways on a daily basis. And when I see that it's not there, if I go like one day, two days, three days without it, I'm like, okay using back the tools, uh, reconnecting to it. Because when uh, in a woman's body, the pleasure pot is hot, uh, it's way easier to be turned on. It's way easier to connect to our partners. It's way easier to breathe more of it instead of like when it's icy cold, cold uh, and then we pretend we want to have a relationship and maybe have intimacy, it's really hard to come from that place where we haven't given ourselves that fullness. We haven't attended to our own pleasure. So it becomes way more difficult to pretend somebody else. And then it's the place around the difference between needing and choosing that you were sharing before. When we need that because we're missing on something instead of choosing to keep giving that to ourselves to attend into our pleasure. So then we can ask for even more from a place of that fullness and eroticism within ourselves. Yeah, I love that. And I'm really touched by how you talk about, you know, the women in your family and your matrilineal line. You know, I think particularly women of older generations, you know, there, I think there were a lot of limits to how like sovereign they could be in their own life. And so I think it's really powerful, you know, that we are like <laughs> doing right by our moms and living sort of like their unlived lives, right? And particularly for our daughters and sons and like the people that come after us, you know, to be like fully alive while we can, I think is such a powerful practice. Um, if people are listening and they have trauma or say the pot is cold, you know, what can we do to kind of stir the pot, warm the pot? Like uh, I noticed a lot of my clients who've been trauma survivors, a lot of times they don't even want to hear the word pleasure. They don't even want to go there. And that's part of the trauma response. I think, obviously, that, you know, self-pleasure and sensuality can be like so incredibly healing for trauma. So for people who are feeling like a little disconnected from like down there, where where would you recommend like starting that journey? Um, that's a really good question. Yeah, because, well, with people that have gone this, that have got lots of trauma, of course, safety is the very first key. I mean, it's for everybody, but especially if it is a survival. And if there's that strong disconnection from pleasure that they don't even want to hear the word, Sometimes it's really about starting to bring, not even pleasure, but niceness in the life. 
So then without looking at the eroticism yet, so like without looking at the self-pleasure, but starting to bring spaces where they can feel safe to expand their body instead of staying in that contraction and expanding it little by little until there's their nervous system is maybe ready. And sometimes it's them going to, they're going to ask you like when they start to feel ready, like their desire starts to change like what they're calling in changes as well. And then it goes there. But at the beginning, if somebody has gone through a big trauma, especially if they haven't looked at it yet, if they haven't done any work, the work goes quite slow. Like it takes time to open up that and to, yeah, most of these traumatic pieces and to, to also understand what is the trauma, because sometimes people don't even really know what the trauma is before they start to have the flashbacks in the memory, they start to have some body symptoms of trauma. And even there, it's even more of a tender space because there's just maybe like some thoughts or some feelings, but it's not fully there, the story of it. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... It's really powerful to to start the journey. And I think it can be really great to have a team of, you know, a pussy coach, a, a therapist, you know, there's so many different healing modalities that can address these things. I know for me, after being in the pleasure communities for a while, I hired a pussy coach and it was it was so powerful. And a lot of the work that we did was like rewriting my story, like with me as the heroine. And, you know, that's sort of like a narrative therapy techniques, but it was so like powerful to take all these experiences and one just have so much support, have someone like you, a loving person on the other side, just like really holding so much space. And I'm going to have her on the podcast soon. So we can wait. Shout out to DNA. But I think, God, like if everyone could have someone like that, I mean, I know I've helped so many people heal these kind of stories but I think it's so neat to add like the tantra and the breath work and the coaching and just the permission to be so fully expressed so to me I feel like that's such a huge part of what I call like divine feminine revolution it's just you know the matriarchy rising and women waking up and kind of like stepping away from this sort of sexuality is all about pleasing the man and really into like goddess vibes <laughs> yeah I know I just wish that for all women you know that they could have a little taste of that because it's such a powerful practice once there like a moment where you felt like that was your calling to do this kind of work you know what I think I've always knew it but I've always rejected it because I can't from a base plan they call over and over again. I totally because I come from a very conservative country and I come from Italy, so there's lots of like the repression in that. So, you know, there's not an openness of speaking about sexuality and things. Italy is such a romantic, like sexual country, is it? So I think of like the passion, is that like a stereotype or the passion? can be a stereotype like there's lots of passion but it's not necessarily it's more like that fiery passion so there it's not necessarily integrated you know we're coming from a very religion background in italy so the passion is there the creativity is there 100 percent. but it's more you know what you breathe on the streets like i find spain way more open for example like i find in spain way more open and more expressive 
in Italy, you can see that there's lots of conservative people. That's what Catholicism? Is that that influence? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you go to the city that comes from the province of Milan, if you go to Milan, there's lots of open people. But if you go to, you know, the smaller countryside, there's lots of conservative people. Yeah. But yeah, I I always had that feeling like I've always been like a strongly, like even before I started studying it, I've been like reading books on crunch for like years and years and doing a bit like hiding like little courses or little programs or reading articles, reading books. Like it's been always uh, something that I was highly passionate about or even doing surveys in my school when I was 13 years old, going around and asking things around sexuality to my classmates because I was really curious about it. So it's always been there. But even when my call was coming stronger, I was like, oh, maybe now I should study this. Maybe I should do a therapy. Maybe I should do that. So it took me a while to fully dive into it and accept it. I was like, yeah. So what is it like, you know, talking about these things on the internet? I mean, here we are talking about it on a podcast on the internet. But I think it takes a lot of personal courage to kind of incorporate that mm-hmm. to your content, your marketing. So What's that journey to visibility been like for you? Being here, especially because, you know, I've got an Instagram account and it still gets shadow banned a lot. So sometimes it's hard from the external, you know, like you want to be fully open and share. But sometimes even when you create uh, platforms that are safe, like a private Facebook group or like on the Instagram where people that uh, I know they wouldn't be in integrity with my content, I actually block them because I want to create a safe community. Still, like, you see that there's a lot from that side. And also with sexuality, like, I feel naturally, for some reason, like, my clientele, it's similar to me. I'm a bit of an introvert, so I speak really openly, but also I leave it quite, there's a bit of containment. And then with my private clients, so we go already in details, we open up in that one-on-one connection that, you know, classic introverts, sorry, <laughs> that when there's the one-on-one, you really open up. But on the social media, I talk about it, but I don't go in something like, you know, I talk more generally, I will say about it, but still it's a hard journey, as I say, with the platforms not being fully sex friendly i know yeah i think i mean i've been shadow banned as well and and my content is not really in that domain and i think censorship of like powerful women is a big issue on these interwebs as we call them because you know we like advertising can use sexuality to sell things but when we're using it to empower women and rewrite scripts and increase like satisfaction and fulfillment on this big scale, you know, we're like shut down. And so I I think it really is the people that are like yourselves who are speaking the truth, even though there's like powers that be that are trying to limit, you know, your, the reach of your voice. And so, you know, I really feel for the community because I think we've all like kind of been shadow banned at some point during a launch or (laughs) I know that's almost like a rite of passage. And I do think that's why I love podcasts because I really feel like it's still one of the freest sources of platforms, let's say. But I love that you bring that issue up because I really think it is a thing that 
you know, we should be able to express ourselves. And, and, and these kind of contents, I think, are very, like, tasteful, you know, and they're not, like, if a human was looking at it and making that decision, you know, that's nothing really that violates it. But they have these, like, bots or whatever that are just arbitrarily silencing women. So, yeah, I could go on. But, you know, I think it's it's just the work itself is so powerful. You can see it in the way that people are getting silenced. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. yeah, and I think that that's, you know, I've heard so many, I, I you kind of mentioned it earlier, is the connection between like your own sexual awakening and then also awakening to abundance. And, you know, as so many women business owners are rising, I think a big part of that, and like you said, the magnetics and like really getting to that point where you're in that divine feminine flow and it's like easy and it is that surrender piece, you know, like it's so powerful that like, you know, they want to put a lid on it so that we don't wake it up all the women and then we're all like multi-orgasmic and familiar <laughs> and, you know, all the things. Uh-huh. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me kind of to my question. If, if you sort of had like a wish for the world, you know, I think we're living at a very exciting time. It can be kind of stressful and chaotic sometimes, but I really do feel like we're in such a huge paradigm shift and I feel like feminine power is rising. So like what, what is your sort of wish for the world or, you know, any just observations on what you feel like is happening kind of at a global level? Yeah, I really feel like the first word that was coming when you were asking the question, first word is freedom. Mm-hmm. I, I feel we are coming to a time where there's so much separation between ideas or choices and you know, whether it's you know lockdown or not lockdown, vaccine or not vaccine, there's so much tension that is created and we almost forget that we are human and that it doesn't matter yeah. if somebody else has a different idea, like how can we have that freedom within ourselves so I can accept somebody else's choice without making these like it's an internal conflict. If I was to have one wish for the world. Yeah. I don't feel that people reconnecting to their sexuality would be a big, big shift for the world. And I'm talking about women, I'm talking about men, because lots of the repression, lots of the abuse comes from the repression of sexuality for men as well. And I feel also people should connect to their inner kids, to their inner child. I think it would be so much more fun. Absolutely. Yeah, when we struggle with slowing down and being sensual and playing, that's definitely like some inner child healing needs to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I love what you said, you know, about what the world's going through. Like, I really feel like there's so much fear and division. And I feel like, unfortunately, that's probably intentional um, to keep us separated. And I think the most powerful thing we can do is honor each other and witness each other and, you know, yeah, like connect and come together. So I'm curious, like with you being in Australia, are you on lockdown? What's going on where you live? I'm in lockdown at the moment and it's just a chaos in a way that I'm in lockdown in a place where there's not even cases. Like where I live, there's not cases and we are in lockdown. So it's a bit... Yeah. Uh 
And I think we are the only, if not so just a few countries in the world that we can't travel at all. So there's so much restriction and they're talking about pulling borders between states. So it's just like... A, Can you go a, outside? Are places open? Or? No, I've seen that lockdown. Well, you know, there's some places open for takeaway, but just more like essential services and stuff. And, you know, I live in a beautiful place in Australia. So I've got the beach, I've got the bush. So I feel really lucky that I get to spend quality time throughout the day in nature. So that's really healthy for the people that are around me. I know there's other people struggling a little bit more with that piece, but it's it's big. It's well, I've been following a bit about that, and I've definitely you know been like praying for you all that like whatever's going on, you know that you have you know your freedom and safety and ability to do what you want to do in a you know a safe way. And there's something that was coming to me around the question that you just asked, like what we need in these days. I really think that the embodied feminine leadership is needed more than ever. I really strongly feel that. And that's what I'm working a lot on these days in myself, in my new program. Like it's really about coming to that embodiment because if we really learn to slow down, to move from our intuition to open up to that pleasure and abundance and the sexuality. It's really, we can navigate even these hard times from a completely different space because it's a lot. It's a lot to take in in our nervous system. So it's how to come back to ourselves, to our fullness. And yeah, because we're needed. Yeah, I think in some ways, you know, covid Obviously, there's other strange things going along with it as well. But I think it has been a chance for us all to slow down whether we want to or not (laughs) and do some of the work. And I know for me, like I started this podcast last year and so many people started a COVID podcast. A lot of people (laughs) didn't stick with it. But for me, like I feel like that was part of like sort of my coming out process. And, And so I think what a great time to invest in yourself, especially if you have a little extra time on your hands, if you're stuck at your house, you know, take it as a cue from the universe that it's time to embody, right? And so tell us, I mean, I gotta say, I have loved talking to you and it's funny, I'm, I feel like you're mesmerizing and I'm like watching you and then I'm like, oh yeah, what was I gonna say? I don't know, but it's okay because I'm like in the moment with you, just enjoying your your beauty and your sensuality. So tell us where do we find you? How can we work with you? Those of us who want to invest in embodiment during this time, give us all the goods. Beautiful. So it really depends when they're going to watch the podcast, but I'm just in the middle of a launch. So I've got a program now happening, which is called the Erotic Artistry, the Art of Thriving. Mm-hmm. like that. Sounds good. That that's there it's about everything that we talked about and more and it's a four months program and i've got my other signature program which is the magnetic woman which will be in february or march next year but the way to find me it's through either my website or my instagram so my website it's isabel lamar.com and are you gonna write this down because the spelling of it it's <laughs> funny it's I S A B L I S N L A M A R dot com. And my Instagram is Isabel underscore underscore Lamar. 
So double underscore Lama. But yes, and they've got a couple of spaces as well open for private clients. So um, you can find me, we can connect, and if we resonate, we can work together. Yeah, and I so recommend the investment in yourself and in your pleasure and uh, calling in all the power and abundance, right? Because, you know, even I found when I invested in that kind of coaching, I made more money, even though we weren't directly working on my business because of the capacity to receive and to be present and to embody. So highly recommend this work. If you're feeling called to it, like go for it so much. And while you're at it, join my energy medicine membership that just opened up. So you can get deeply embodied with Isabel and then you can come over and see me and we'll do a little bit of energy medicine and intuitive business coaching. And then you'll have the whole package, right? (laughs) Sometimes what I find as well, I always have different coaches on what time, like uh, because we need different. Totally. We need different transmissions. We need the things that are specific for different topics. So, And who can choose? There's so many, you know, amazing women that have touched my life already. And, you know, I feel so honored to work with the women that I get to. And I think to be surrounded by, you know, revolutionary power women, like that is the secret, you know, to having it all and bringing the magic in the full force. Certainly. And as you said before, which sometimes uh, it takes the courage to invest in ourselves. Sometimes it's that courage and sometimes we never think it's the right time. And as you said, sometimes in my investments, so I remember last time I signed up with a business coach. I went through like a couple of weeks of like anxiety and I'm like, really, I'm going to spend all this money. And it was charging three times what I charge for a session. So I was into like, oh, really am I doing this? And it has been one of, one of many other best investments I did in my life because what has come back to me, it goes way beyond financially, energetically, in all layers. It's been really, really powerful. So yeah. And- when you support a woman-owned business, like, you know, that that woman is using it just for, like, herself, her world, her family, her community. And so, you know, versus something like a huge corporation, like, I can't think of any better way to spend money than to pass around the divine feminine revolution, right, of all the revolutionary leaders who are coming to be and are much needed, you know, at this time. Um, Yeah. Love it. Yes. Invest in yourselves. Go find Isabel. And thank everybody so much for watching. I really appreciate your time and attention. That's like the most (laughs) coveted sort of commodity nowadays. And thanks for slowing down with us and getting sensual and listening to the pod. Um, So appreciate you so much, the listeners. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. spend time with you and go deep bye everybody thanks for listening to the divine feminine revolution podcast make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review want to keep the conversation flowing find us on facebook at the divine feminine revolution facebook group where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts monetize their gifts and change the world 